This audio is brought to you by MuslimCentral.com. Now we have a little bit more time for our topic for today. Let it be the second half of our topic. I wanted to talk to you about something, an act, which establishes our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this particular action is an action which most of the Muslims today Probably even amongst us who are listening. If this is you, keep it to yourself and learn, brother or sister. Most of us have abandoned this action. Most of us have abandoned this strong communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is a communication which brings the meaning of tawheed. I am talking about supplication. Dua. Ad-dua. How many of us make dua? How many of us make dua at least 20 minutes a day? Put your hands up, brothers. You can talk. How many of us make dua 10 minutes a day? How many of us make one hour? I'm sure that some of you do, but you don't want to own up because it's a good act. I just wanted to prove to everyone, inshallah, something. We are Muslims who make dua, should make dua often in our day and often in our time. The Prophet wasallam says that the dua, supplication, is ibadah. It is worship. It's like praying. It's like fasting. It's like reciting the Qur'an. It's like donating sadaqah, charity, or going to hajj. Dua, in fact, is the prayer. Because when you pray, almost everything that you say in prayer is actually dua. In dua, we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sending His present blessings unto the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Do we not say Allahu Akbar in our prayer? Do not say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen in our prayer. Yes, we praise Allah. Do we not say Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad? Yes, this is sending the blessings unto the Prophet Dua also involves asking Allah for things. Do we not say ihdina sirat al-mustaqim? Oh Allah, guide us the right path. Yes, we do. Do we not make dua in our sujood and in our after the Ibrahimiyyah? Yes, we do. The prayer is dua. As-salat huwa dua. It is dua in itself. And you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Dua is so important because it is the mainstream. It is the direct rope between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How? You see brothers, when you make dua, do you need to go and call on to anyone else to reach Allah? No. Do you need to ask your imam in your dua? No. But rather you directly ask Allah in your secret, secretly between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which makes it a special link between you and Allah. And this is wallahi dua. This is wallahi tawheed. It is the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the unification of Allah's oneness. Because you are only asking Allah, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says in the hadith al-Qudsi, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says when a servant does dua, he says he gets extremely happy from his servant. And he said, Arifa Abdi Anna Lahu Rabbun Yujibud Dua Fadaani. 
my servant knows that he has a Lord, the one and only Lord that will respond to supplications so he has supplicated to me. And he knew that I have, there is no Rabbun Siwa, there is no other Lord but he who responds to these things. Is this not Tawheed? Wallahi, it's the essence of Tawheed. Because when you ask Allah, you are realizing and recognizing and affirming, you are making a statement with your actions that there is only one Lord that accepts, only one Lord that can respond, only one Lord that can benefit, only one Lord that can prevent harm, only one Lord that can hear you, only one Lord who is able to do all things. And so you ask Him for everything. That's what dua is. It's Tawheed. Recognizing Allah's oneness and His power and His ability. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانِ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ Allah says to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, And when your servants, when my servants ask you about me, then tell them that I am very close to them. I will respond to those who call out to me, if they call out, if they make dua. So let them respond to me, and let them believe in me, so that they may reach clear guidance and success. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not close in the sense that He is in our pockets, a'udhu billah. This is against Tawheed. How can Allah be within His creation? How can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be in places which do not befit Him? Allah is above all of His creation, as He says about Himself. And we cannot say that we breathe Allah and Allah is in the toilet or anywhere else. This is not what the verse means, a'udhu billah. To say Allah is close meaning like that. Qareeb, meaning although Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so high above His creation and so far away, at the same time, he is extremely close to us in his knowledge, in his sight, in his hearing. That he is closer to you than your own jugular vein. That does not mean that he is inside the vein. A'udhu billah. The shaitan is inside the vein sometimes, but not Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is aware of what's inside your veins. So he is closer to you than your own jugular vein, meaning he knows and is aware sees and hears all that goes on inside of you. And He is closer to you in that knowledge than your own jugular vein. Whatever you whisper, whatever goes on in your mind, in your conscience. So He, when you ask Him, let's say you made your dua in a wrong statement. Allah knows your intention still. So He will respond to you according to your intention. Let's say you asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you kept asking Allah for something and you can't clearly come around to use the proper word. Allah knows your intention because He is closer to you. That's why Allah says, I am close. And one man said, Ya Rasulullah, I want to ask Allah the way you and Abu Bakr and, and so on asks Allah. Dandana, he called it. Uridu an udandin kama tudandinun. I want to ask Allah in the most eloquent way, the way that you are eloquent. 
It's called dandana, meaning you use all these nice words that almost almost sound poetic. The Prophet ﷺ said to him, knowing that he can't, he's not eloquent in his speech, he asked him, What do you ask Allah? He says, I ask him to grant me Jannah and to save me from hellfire and his wrath. He said, I and Abu Bakr and so on and so forth. We are all doing our gymnastic, verbal gymnastics, as they say, around this same dua. This is all we're asking. All these nice words and eloquent words that we are asking Allah, what we mean by it is the same thing as what you are asking. Oh Allah, save us from your wrath and hellfire and grant us Jannah. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, Make your dua general. You don't have to, for example, you want to ask Allah to cure, you know, to bring cure, to bring cure upon your family. You don't have to mention every member of the family and what kind of sickness they have and what kind of cure you want. Don't do that. Oh Allah, cure my father and cure my mother and cure my son, the eldest son, and then cure my second son and cure. Oh Allah, grant me and my father and my mother and her father and their. You don't have to mention all those names, but you say, Oh Allah, grant me. Grant me and my family and the Muslims all the goodness. Goodness. You see, you make it general. And the Prophet ﷺ, the companions used to hate when people made dua in specific and detailed and too much. Allah loves a dua which is general for all the mu'minin. Because the Prophet ﷺ says, whoever makes dua for the mu'minin or makes istighfar, asks Allah to forgive the mu'minin for every mu'min on the face of the earth and those who have died, you will receive a reward, a hasana, for every single one of them. When you make a dua for them, as the Prophet ﷺ said. Every believer, every Muslim that you ask Allah for, Allah will give you a hasana for them. From the beginning of time till the end. Dead or alive. This is what the Prophet ﷺ informed us. So he said, عَمِّمُ فِي الدُّعَاءِ Make your dua general for everyone. Allah says, Allah says, I am close to you. I will respond to the person who calls me if they call. Why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say and add, And first of all, it says, The call of the caller. Either if he calls. But when you say call of the caller, you know that he is calling unto Allah. Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala add, If he calls. Because you see, a caller can call sometimes and be silent sometimes. Also, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to express the point that you will not receive what you want until you ask verbally, until you act verbally and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you can. You have to call out to Allah, you have to do some action. You have to lift your arms up, you have to talk. You have to do something and not just sit there wishing. Abadan. It's like Qarun. You know Qarun? Sorry, not Qarun, Qabil. The one who killed his brother Habil. When he killed his brother, he carried his, the, the body of his brother and he regretted. He felt guilty and he regretted what he had done. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not forgive him. Does anyone know why? Because, because he did not verbally. Say, oh Allah, forgive me. He regretted, but he didn't 
repent in action. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِذَا دَعَانَ If you call, you have to do something, you have to call unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when you call unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, da'an means to call unto, but not as in to yell and shout. You should not yell and shout in your dua. For the Prophet ﷺ was once with his companions going towards another battle. And they passed in the darkness between two valleys. The companions began to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of fear. And they began to raise in their dua. Meaning they began to yell and scream out to Allah. Ya Allah! In that way. So the Prophet ﷺ stood up and he said, إِنَّكُمْ لَا تُنَادُونَ بَعِيدًا وَلَا تُنَادُونَ وَلَا أَصَمٌ إِنَّمَا تُنَادُونَ قَرِيبٌ مُجِيبُ الدَّعْوَاتِ You are not calling out to someone who is too far away from you, nor are you calling out to someone who is deaf, who cannot hear. You are calling to Allah who is close to you, and He hears the person who calls Him. So the sunnah is not to make the dua loud. No need. You make it silent and soft. Allah can hear you. Allah says also when you recite the Qur'an, for example, do not raise your voice too high in the Qur'an, nor make it too low. And recite it in moderation between the two. Again, softness and calmness. إِذَا دَعَانْ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي Allah says, so if you want Allah to respond to you, what should you do? You should answer and obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي And let them believe in me. Let them believe in my ability. Let them believe that I will respond. Ya akhwan, when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, ask Him believing that He will respond to you. And this is how Allah will respond. You have to believe that when you ask, you don't have doubt, you think to yourself, I'm asking Allah, but I wonder if He's going to respond. I wonder if my dua will reach Him. Oh, I don't know. I'll try it anyway. Ask Allah believing with eviction, conviction that you, your dua will be responded to. فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي لَعَلَّهُمْ يَرْشُدُونَ So they may receive, receive success and guidance. Brothers and sisters, some people ask, why is my dua not accepted? There are many reasons why, brothers and sisters. I will show you, inform you of some of the reasons why. Firstly, number one, as I mentioned before, maybe you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with doubt that He will respond. No. You have to ask Allah with conviction that He is the one that will, is able to respond. Number two, Allah says, فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُ لِي Let them respond to me first. You have to monitor what kind of earnings do you have? What kind of food do you eat? Is it halal or is it haram? The Prophet ﷺ says, A person lifts their arm up to Allah and asks, فَيَدْعُ وَيَدْعُ وَيَسْأَلْ He asks and supplicates, وَمَأْكَلُهُ مِنْ حَرَامٍ وَمَشْرَبُهُ مِنْ حَرَامٍ وَغُذِّيَ بِالْحَرَامٍ his drink is from haram, his food is from haram, and he is nourished with haram, his body is nutritioned with haram. فَأَنَّ يُسْتَجَابُ لَهُ Prophet says, how does he think Allah is going to respond to such a person? You are asking from a mouth that has been nourished and nutritioned with haram, and you know it's haram. Prophet says, how is Allah going to respond? How are you going to expect this? 
The Prophet ﷺ did not say, Allah will not respond. You gotta be careful here. He said, how do you expect Allah to respond? Meaning, Allah may still respond. It's not up to the Prophet ﷺ or up to, it's up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But if your dua is not being responded to, then monitor what your nourishment is. What are you eating? Maybe Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to realize your food and your nutrition. Maybe. Are you disobeying Allah? Brothers and sisters, the Prophet ﷺ explains to us also that a person's dua depends on how much you nag Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Did I say nag? Yes. How much you nag Him. Subhanallah. When you nag a human being, what do they do to you? How do they respond? Huh? They get frustrated from you. They become annoyed from you. They don't even want to see your face anymore. They get so annoyed that they might get angry at you and frown at you and say words that you dislike. Something like, God, you are so annoying. But when you nag Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves your nagging. It's the opposite. This is why the Prophet said, people come and they say, I made dua and I made dua, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not respond to me. فيستحسر. The Prophet said, so then he gives up hope. And he stops making dua. And Allah would have probably almost about to respond. Do you see? Never give up hope in your dua. Nag Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah, the Prophet says, Ud'ullaha wa alihu fi dua. Ask Allah and nag Allah in your asking. Nag him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves the servant who nags Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In another hadith, the Prophet explains that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes likes to delay the response when his servant is asking him and calling out to him because Allah loves Allah loves his servants to praise him and to mention his name on their tongue because he loves them so much that he wants his name to be mentioned on their tongue more and more. And Allah sometimes delays the response because if He knows that through that delaying you are rising in your levels in the hereafter, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only wants you to come closer to Him. You know that there are levels in Jannah. And the higher you are, the closer you are to Allah. So Allah sometimes may delay the response to your dua because He wants to hear His name being mentioned on your tongue because He loves you. And he is raising your level in Jannah so that on the day of judgment you are closer to Him. <laughs> so if you like, because Allah loves you so much, He delays the response. How's that? But there isn't a single dua of a mu'min except that it will always be responded to. If not in this life, then in the hereafter. Some people they think Allah has betrayed them in their dua and they worship Allah well. Don't ever think that. Because Know this, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cares for you, and He does, if He knows that what you are asking is actually going to cause more harm to you, He will not respond and He will leave it till the hereafter. 
because Allah says in the Quran, وَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ You may hate something when it's actually good for you. فَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ Maybe you may hate something which is good for you. وَعَسَىٰ أَن تُحِبُّ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ شَرٌ لَكُمْ And also you may love some, well you may love something when it's actually bad for you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you something if He knows it's good for you. You have to rely on Allah. That's the test. Do you rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Of course. Then depend on Him and don't worry. Allah, Allah subhanahu, He is your dua all the time. Allah's dua is so full of mercy and Allah is so compassionate that He will even respond Listen carefully. He will even respond to the kafir. Wallah. He will respond to the kafir, the disbeliever. If the kafir calls out to Allah alone. Did I just say a kafir's dua is responded to? Yes. If on condition that the kafir calls out to Allah alone and does not associate partners with him. Doesn't go to the priest and ask Allah through him. Doesn't call upon Jesus Isa alayhi salam and calls on to, no, calls directly to Allah, the only one. My evidence, it's in the Quran. In the ayah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and when they are in the sea, in their, in their boats, a heavy storm hits them, and they are about to be flooded and die. So they call out to Allah, mukhlisina lahuddin, sincerely to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and so Allah saves them. And when they are saved, إِذَاهُمْ يُشْرِكُونَ They are back to polytheism. They are back to making partners with Allah. The point from this ayah is that they are mushrikeen. They are associates. They make association with Allah. Otherwise Allah will not say that they go back to polytheism. So they ask Allah مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ Allah saves them because they called out to Him. And when they are saved, they go back to shirk. Why do we, why do we abuse Allah's name, my brothers and sisters? So Allah responds to the kafir when he calls out to him only. Another dalil, Jibreel alayhi salam once, <clears throat> as he was delivering a message to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he laughed. Prophet asked him, why are you laughing, ya Jibreel? And he said, if only you were to see what I was doing to Fir'aun when he was drowning in the sea. What were you doing, Ya Jibreel? Alayhi salam. He said, I was going to the bottom of the sea and grabbing dirt, soil, and I was throwing it into the throat of Fir'aun because I was afraid that Fir'aun may stumble on words to call out to Allah to save him, and he would have. I feared that Allah's mercy may reach him. If he stumbled on some words calling out to Allah's mercy. That's how merciful Allah is. Because he doesn't deserve Allah's mercy. But even though he doesn't deserve it, he was shoving it down his throat, fearing that he may call on to his mercy and Allah would have given him mercy. Now, that's how merciful Allah is. He responds to the dua. And Allah is telling the Prophet ﷺ to inform us that He will respond to our dua. So let us ask Him. Ask Him brothers and sisters, ask Him. Make dua. Call upon Him tonight. Whatever you want. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Ask him, brothers and sisters, Wallahi, Allah will respond. Based on these conditions, that if it is good for you, Allah will respond. But don't give up. The Prophet ﷺ said that dua has so much effect that it is the only medicine that cures you from the qada, from the qadar, sorry. Do you know what the qadar is? The qadar is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has predestined to happen to you. Before you were born, Allah predestined that this is going to happen to you. The only thing that will turn away a bad qadar, a bad uh, ordainment by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is dua. He says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسِي بِيَدِهِ لَا يَرُدُّ الْقَدَرَ إِلَّا الدُّعَاءِ And this is also, this hadith is in a book called Adda' وَالدَّوَاءِ by Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim Rahmatullahi Alayhi Nothing will return back a bad predestination by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala except for dua. And then the Prophet added, he said, the dua is like a bow and arrow. The more you stretch the bow, the further the arrow is going to reach. I'm sorry, this is not the hadith. These are the words of Ibn Al-Qayyim. He says, the dua is like a bow and arrow. The more you stretch the bow, the further the arrow is going to reach and penetrate. Isn't that right? If you make your dua sincerely from the depth of your heart, meaning it and believing that Allah will respond, there are some people when they make dua, sometimes you really, really mean it. I can't explain it, but sometimes you feel like your heart's pounding heavily and you really, really need Allah. You're really asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, especially in the middle of the night when you wake up by yourself, voluntarily. I mean, why would you wake up in the middle of the night just to make dua? Unless you really, really mean it. Who's going to get out? Who's going to get out of their blanket from the warmth and cuddliness of the bed and make wudu and wake yourself up and ask Allah in the middle of the night at two, three o'clock in the morning? Unless you really mean your dua, the more you mean it, the further your dua is going to reach. And so here the Prophet ﷺ says now, he says, the qadr will be coming down. From the, from the skies, from the heavens. Qadar is what's going to happen to you. For example, you're going to get sick. The Qadar comes down, that you're going to get sick. Your dua goes up. It's in the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. Your dua goes up. And it meets the Qadar halfway between the heavens and the earth. If the dua is stronger than the Qadar, it fights it off. And there is no Qadar, bad Qadar there. If the dua is equal with the qadr, then Prophet ﷺ says, They will wrestle until the last hour. And the qadr will not come to you, nor will the dua fight it away. And if the dua is weak, the qadr will reach you, but weaker than it was before. So if you are going to be afflicted with a bad illness, you will rather be halved than you will get a simple sickness, such as a flu, for example, instead of a major virus, instead of cancer, for example. This is why the Prophet ﷺ used to say in the, in the dua, Allahumma hdina fi man hadayt, wa'afina fi man afayt, wa tawallana fi man tawallayt, wa barik lana fi man a'atayt, wassrif waqina, wassrif anna sharra ma qadayt. He says, O oh Allah, 
guide us to the right path and so on and so on until he reaches the point where he says and prevent the bad things of which you have preordained upon us so the dua has to be against the preordainment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala these are one of the ways that harm is prevented from you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sorry this is the only way that the qadr is returned There is of course one more way which I forgot to tell you and it's similar to the dua and that is the sadaqa as sadaqa taqi masari asu when you give sadaqa it also prevents bad misfits from happening so there's a second one as well Brothers and sisters in Islam when a person makes dua you're not allowed to make partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your dua Some Muslims they think that they are making dua properly that they are in fact making shirk in their dua and this is one of the reasons why your dua is not accepted for example some people in their dua they call upon the prophet muhammad how they say oh allah i ask you through your messenger muhammad or they say oh muhammad oh muhammad in your love i ask allah O Muhammad, through your love, ask Allah for me. This is all called intercession. The Prophet ﷺ has died. And he cannot benefit anymore. This is haram. This is haram intercession. If the Prophet ﷺ was alive, yes, you can ask him to make dua for you and it is alright. But the Prophet ﷺ can no longer benefit. And if you ask Allah through the Prophet ﷺ like that, you are making a haram intercession. You can say, Oh Allah, if you know that I love your messenger, or if you know that I have followed your messenger, then respond to me. You're allowed to ask like that. Because you are still asking Allah alone. But you're not saying, Oh Allah, through your messenger. Some people when they make dua, they mention their shaykh's name in their dua. Oh my Lord, in the love of Sidi so-and-so, my shaykh so-and-so. This is also intercession. It's haram. What's the difference between that and a person who goes to the priest? So we have to ask Allah Mukhlisin sincere only to Him. Abadan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Wallahi brothers and sisters, every time I talk about this subject, I remember all the supplications I made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when I was younger and when I was older. Every one of them got responded to whether early or later. But wallah, I even asked superficial things and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did respond to them. This type of a dua, it gives a person a higher iman and it makes you feel the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. <coughs> Lastly, I would like to talk about the dua of fear and the dua of when you are really in need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah responds to you especially when you are in need. And I'd mention here six or seven ways or seven times that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to your dua and it will never be rejected. Number one, immediately after the salat al-fard, immediately after the compulsory prayers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds to the dua. The only difference is that the Prophet did not lift his arms up after the fard salat. But he used to make dua after the prayers, the farad salah, Allah responds. Number two, 
in the last third of the night في الثلث الأخير من الليل the last third of the night before Fajr Allah responds in the hadith it says Allah descends to the first sky and he calls out specially who is there asking me so I may respond to him who is there uh, supplicating to me so I may uh, respond to his call number three the dua of the oppressed if you are oppressed by someone mazloom then the dua al-mazloom the dua of the oppressed is accepted someone wronged you and they did a dua against you someone wronged you and you did it. if you wronged someone and they did a dua against you you're in big trouble alaykum assalam the dua there is an hour during a friday in which the dua is also accepted we don't know which hour it is but there is an hour during the friday which the, the Jumu'ah, when your dua is also accepted according to the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. The dua of a person who is afraid, fear, the dua of fear, when you're afraid of something, you make dua, Allah responds. And the dua of the needy, when you are extremely in need, Allah responds to your dua. And the dua of the traveler who is on a travel, his dua or her dua is also accepted. This is something specific in the dua. Otherwise, generally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts every dua. But these ones in specific, you've got to be careful. There is also seventh, there is also a time, an hour during the day where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also responds to your dua. We don't know which one that is. It's according to the Prophet's hadith where he says, Do not make dua against yourself in bad, nor make a dua against your money, nor make a dua against your family or your children, lest you may fall into a time in the day where Allah is responding to the duas and He will respond to that dua. There is a story about a mother. She made a dua against her son because he gave her a hard time. Especially the mothers. I. Yani, especially the Arab mothers, because they make a lot of dua against their children. And I come from an Arabic background. Whenever they get angry at their children, they make the worst du'as you've ever heard of. I can't even say in here in front of you. They don't mean it, but they say it. Yani, for example, may Allah curse you. May Allah open the ground, open the ground and swallow you. Things like that. May Allah split you into pieces. This particular mother got so angry at her son that she said to him, I ask Allah that a car get, runs you over and a man comes in the door, knocks on the door and holds him, holds you in his arms with all your bones broken. No. Yes, I heard of this story. And wallah, exactly that happened. A man knocked on her door, your son got run over. You may ask a dua in an, in an hour which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually responding. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And man always hastens in their dua to make dua in bad, intending good. And man is very, very quick. You're too quick in making dua bad. Don't make bad duas. The dua of the needy. And I ended here with a hadith from the Prophet telling us a story of one of his companions. 
I forgot his name, but he's one of the companions of the Prophet He says, I was, a I was a merchant who used to go through one city to the other as a tradesman. And I used to pass through this valley. One day I passed through the valley holding my merchandise on top of my camel when suddenly a thief stops me in the middle of the valley. Alone. There's no one around me. Sit down. He puts the sword to my neck and he says, I am going to kill you and take your merchandise. The companion said to him, Please take everything, but spare my life. And the thief said to him, No. I'm going to take your merchandise and I'm going to kill you. When the companion found that he, the thief was insisting on killing him, he said to him, Okay, you can kill me and take my merchandise, but please allow me to do one thing. And then after that you can kill me. He said, Do whatever you like, but then I'm going to wait for you and kill you. He said, allow me to pray two rakah. Subhanallah. Uh, the thief made a mistake by letting him pray two rakah. So he prayed the two rakah. He prayed the first rakah and he prayed the second rakah. And in his sujood, because the Prophet ﷺ says, you are the closest to Allah when you are in your prostration, in your sujood. So ask Allah for the things you want in your sujood. In his sujood, he said a long dua. I'm not going to say the whole dua for you. But I'll say parts of it. It's in three sections. And he said, Allahumma inni as'aluka binuri wajhika alladhi mala'ta bihi arkana arshik. I ask you, O oh Allah, by the nur, by the light of your face which has filled the pillars of your throne. And then he began to ask him by all his names, by his names and by his wonderful, by his wonderful attributes. And finally he said, Oh, the one who responds to the dua of the, in, of the one in need. Ya Mujib al-Muttarri idha da'an. Oh, the one who responds to the one who really needs him. He says, Ya, he says, save me from this thief. Khalisni min hadha al-lis. Save me from this thief. And then he said three times, Ya Mughithu aghithni. Ya Mughithu aghithni. Ya Mughithu aghithni. Oh, the one who saves, save me. Oh, the one who saves, save me. Oh, the one who saves, save me. He said he did not complete his dua. Then all of a sudden he is the galloping of a horse racing so quickly and so fast. On the top of that horse was a man, a warrior. And he had covered his face with a sword in his right arm. The thief looked at him before he could do anything. Whack! He chopped and slit his throat and the thief died. The companion looked up and he hugged him and kissed him and he said to him, Barakallahu feek. May Allah bless you. Where are you from and where did you come from? How does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send you to me? He said, I am, he said, I am a malak. I am an angel from the fourth sky. You asked Allah in the first part of your dua, and we heard you. Then you asked with the second part of your dua, and the sky shook. Then you asked in the third part of your dua, and we raced to Allah. So I raced and beat the other angels to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and said, Ya Rabbi, send me to save him. And so Allah allowed me. Then the angel 
faded away. The dua of the person who is in need, Allah will respond. And we are now in a critical time, brothers and sisters. In these critical times, the Prophet ﷺ is to make extreme dua. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to assist us and to make our tongues firm. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make our tongues firm. Because it is a time that a lot of us, because of our fear, some of us who could be fear, afraid, change their statements to be a statement of hypocrisy. Oh Allah, make our tongues firm. I ask Allah to make our tongues full of wisdom. Because we require wisdom. Prophet ﷺ did not send companions to any place just like that. He sent specific companions with a specific tongue to a specific people. So we ask Allah to make our tongues full of wisdom. But most importantly, I ask Allah to make us firm in our belief. Abadim. A person, as Prophet ﷺ said, a person may worship Allah all their life until there's a palm length between them and, and Jannah. And then before they die, they change around with hypocrisy or something and they end up in hellfire. And a person may disobey for all their life until there's a palm length between them and hellfire. And then before they die, they change around and they end up in Jannah. We may worship Allah for 50 years. But now in this time, Allah is testing us. If we change and become hypocrites, we ask Allah subhanahu to save us from hellfire. My brothers and sisters, I don't want to take much time. Aisha has come in. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullaha li wa lakum fastaghfiruh. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.